From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. The Coast Guard called off a search for a person in the water near Eldred Rock in Lynn Canal Tuesday. Watchstanders at Coast Guard Sector Juno received a report from the captain of the cruise ship Celebrity Solstice at 3 a.m. that a 40-year-old woman fell overboard. The search was called off Tuesday afternoon. Here is Coast Guard Petty Officer Allie Blackburn. I just received notification that the Coast Guard assets have, they've currently been searching for over nine hours, and all of which have yielded negative results. So all assets have returned to base and the search has been suspended. Involved in the search was a MH-60 Jayhawk helicopter crew from Air Station Sitka, a 45-foot response boat medium crew from Station Juno, and the crew of Coast Guard cutter Chandelier. The solstice was berthed in Juno on Monday. The name of the woman has not been released. Alaska lawmakers tasked with negotiating a budget deal have reached a tentative agreement that would pay residents more than $3,000 this year. The final amount would depend on whether the legislature can muster the votes needed to access a key savings account. The tentative agreement calls for a dividend in the range of $2,500 this year plus a $1,300 energy relief check. However, half the funding for the energy check would come from a reserve account that requires three-fourths support in each the House and Senate to access. Payments could be around $3,200 or they could be around $3,850 depending on whether the vote threshold is reached. Juno Senator Jesse Keel spoke to News of the North late Tuesday night about his thoughts on the process. It looks uh, almost exactly like the governor's proposal that he's advocated for through the session and up through uh, even just uh, several weeks ago. A 50-50 PFD, which is, uh, you know, half of a 5% sustainable draw on the permanent fund uh, to go out as permanent fund dividend checks, plus a an energy rebate of approximately, I think the number is $1,300. Together, those would come to about 3800 I believe when you combine them. I need to still see the exact language there to make sure that that's all exactly right. And of course, it's got some voting left to do, so don't spend it till the check comes. Keel says the question now is whether savings continue or get spent on the dividend. The crucial question here is exactly what we knew it would be when oil prices started to go up. Will Alaska save any of this oil windfall. We've been spending out of our savings accounts as we reduce the budget for years now. And so the the real debate has been, will we uh, spend it all this time? And unfortunately, the budget that left the Senate uh, did that and drew some more out of savings, even as we were uh, swimming in in money. Or will we save some for uh, the next time oil prices go down? And if you've lived in Alaska, you know, they go up and they go down. This proposal has a few steps left to go, but I, I think it's it's a pretty rational approach. We, we have some money. This would also allow us to put a little bit in savings, uh, not as much maybe as, as we dreamt of, but still a, a fairly responsible approach. Keel added that right now is crunch time for bills in both houses of the legislature. In the last two days of the legislative session, bills are coming to the floor like crazy um, and and we are taking a close look at every single one of them. They are passing. They are getting held back uh, on the merits. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that there's not a lot of horse trading or deal cutting here when it comes to legislation. The law work 
on the Senate floor and the House floor uh, is being done on the merits. So that, that's a lot of work. We've been here awful late, uh, a whole lot of nights, but but the progress has been pretty good. Juno Senator Jesse Keel. The Juno Assembly was presented the first steps towards exploring a green cruise corridor aimed at accelerating the deployment of zero-emission ships and operations between Alaska, British Columbia, and Washington. The ambition is to achieve zero greenhouse gas emissions across all aspects of the corridor in support of sector-wide decarbonization no later than 2050. Tourism Director Alexandra Pierce spoke on the matter during Monday night's assembly meeting. Pierce explained that the Port of Seattle reached out to the city about two months ago with the idea of creating the world's first green cruise corridor between Seattle and Alaska. It involves alternative fuel ships and the supporting infrastructure for those ships and um, docking at electrified ports. For cruise, that's clearly a little bit more complicated, but the cruise industry has made the commitment to um, zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. And so, as I said in my memo, I think someone somewhere needs to figure out what the roadmap looks like to get the industry there. And this concept would be that our region would be the testing ground for that and the site for the feasibility study for for the world's first green cruise corridor. Since Seattle reached out to the city, they have been working to get other partners on board. Pierce said they have Carnival Corp, Norwegian Cruise Line, CLIA, Royal Caribbean, and Port of Vancouver signed on to the first mover commitment, committing to working together to establish a green corridor roadmap that explores the feasibility of zero-emission ships and identifies an implementation plan for an industry transition to zero emissions. I see this as a really exciting opportunity for regional partnership and collaboration between the industry and the ports, something that's been a big goal of mine and Mr. Watts is to work with our regional partners to kind of articulate a collective vision for the future of cruise tourism in Southeast Alaska. And I think this is a really positive opportunity for for collaboration, a really positive opportunity to help some of the other ports start thinking about their long-term goals and plans and what their infrastructure needs might be in this kind of new feasibility study green corridor environment. Since the item was informational, no action was taken by the Assembly. In other matters, the Assembly had approved additional funding go towards the construction of the planned social services hub Teal Street Center. The body had previously approved $1.1 million towards the project, but due to significant cost escalation in lieu of inflation, supply chain issues, and other economic factors, the body approved an additional one point three. The funding would help address the issues and ensure completion of project construction. An amendment was proposed by Assemblymember Greg Smith, which would make the funding conditional. This grant is conditioned on the grantee agreeing to refund the CBJ these grant funds dollar for dollar up to the amount appropriated by this ordinance if the grantee receives more than its fundraising needs, which is set at $10.5 million within the next 10 months. The grantee agrees to continue to make good faith effort to raise funds from all sources. Smith said for his reasoning. In my day job at the legislature, there, the Teal Street Center has been a, um, they're, they're in the capital budget for funds um, to help finish their project. Um, there's still a bit more process to go 
but the hope was just that if we can, if they can receive and use federal funds better to preserve our funds. Um, I've spoken with Ms. O'Keefe, the executive director of United Health Services, um, and has been, and have worked with her in coming up with the numbers and she's given me the approval of this amendment, but, um, that is the intent just to, to hopefully use federal funds, um, should they receive them to, to help finish this project that I think all of us or many of us support. The funding and the change proposed by Smith were approved without objection. A state court judge has ordered the board tasked with redrawing Alaska's political boundaries, adopt an interim map that in part pairs Eagle River area house districts into a Senate district. Superior Court Judge Thomas Matthews' decision comes in a second round of challenges to new state redistricting maps. The map he ordered adopted was the other option the board had considered when it weighed revisions. The board's executive director says the board will ask the state Supreme Court to review Matthews' decision. Matthews said a majority of the board members appeared to have adopted, for political reasons, a map splitting the Eagle River area into two Senate districts. Mendenhall Gulf Course founder Thomas File was honored in memorandum by members of the 32nd Alaska State Legislature yesterday. File's widow, Elizabeth File, was presented with a citation on the site where Tom first hand mowed the driving range. He took our lawnmower from the house and he mowed the first 10 acres with our lawnmower and some people that lived on the engineer's cutoff called me one day and said what is tom doing out there mowing all that property with that little lawnmower and i said well he wants to put in a driving range and then the word got out and some folks came and said tom if you can build a driving range you can put in nine flags and that's how the golf course started representative andy story presented the citation I know uh, when he opened the golf course, much to the delight of many people, uh, and I think of today how much good exercise, beautiful spot, and I have to say, um, I know a few people who Tom and Kogi changed their lives. The Alaska Legislature has passed Senate Bill 7, sponsored by Senator L.V. Gray Jackson. Representative Harriet Drummond carried the bill in the House. The bill would require the Department of Public Safety to publish current policies and procedures related to the conduct of peace officers employed or regulated by the department. Drummond spoke to the bill on Monday. Senate Bill 7 would require that the Department of Public Safety publish the department's current policies and procedures related to the conduct of peace officers employed by the department and village public safety officers. Although the department is currently publishing this information on their website, new leadership could determine that this information no longer be provided. Having a requirement in state statute provides perpetuity and is simply good public policy. Drummond added that the bill would also keep certain information confidential. SB 7 also restricts publication of confidential techniques and procedures for law enforcement investigations or prosecutions and any guidelines that would risk circumvention of the law. This bill was drafted to provide public safety changes that would benefit both the citizens of Alaska and our law enforcement officers. Representative David Eastman spoke against the bill. The idea of transparency is important and, and the department has, I think, done a good job historically in providing transparency without anyone second-guessing uh, what they're doing or, or trying to codify um, you know, particular things to share in state law. And um, as 
this is not an issue where uh, the department has in any way been at fault or, or not been completely upfront and uh, responsible and professional with the public. Uh, I think it is uh, not only unnecessary, um, but it is somewhat insulting to put this in statute. SB 7 passed the House on a vote of 29 to 9 and passed unanimously in the Senate in March. Senate Bill 7 will now head to the governor for his signature. The Capital City Republican women held a GOP forum for a select group of candidates to succeed the late Don Young on Monday night. Four candidates were in attendance. Former Senator John Coghill, Senator Josh Revac, Nick Baggage III, and Tara Sweeney. Moderator Benjamin Brown asked each of the candidates to differentiate themselves among the nearly 50 candidates running for Young's seat. Sweeney spoke first. Because Alaska needs effective leadership in Washington, D.C. The pillars of my campaign are focused on uh, a robust economy, a strong labor force, and healthy communities. And we need someone who understands the process uh, and who can effectively build bridges in D.C. to help move Alaska forward. Begich said Alaska's next member of Congress should look at the opportunity to represent Alaskan business. I believe that we need to make an effective business case for the state of Alaska. What does that mean? That means making a case that allows us to develop the resources that we have in the state, whether that be oil and gas or coal, precious metals, base metals, rare earths, critical minerals, timber, fishing, and tourism. We're a resource state, always have been a resource location for the world. We have the answer to so many of our nation's problems right here in the state of Alaska. And I think complementing the portfolio of people that we have as our leadership, it's important for us to have a voice for business, a voice for small business, a voice for the worker, a voice for opening up the economy of the state, and I intend to do that on your behalf. Senator Revac didn't mince words when he answered the question. I'm running because I, I think the country's going to hell and trying to take Alaska with it. In many ways, we've had over the past couple of years lockdowns due to COVID, riots, people storming the Capitol, civil discourses in the toilet. And these policies coming out of Washington, D.C. are crazy. I think a lot can be done towards civil discourse, and that's why I'm running. Um, I've done well here in the legislature. I passed more bills last year than anyone else in that building up there, and that's not because I, you know, it's, I, I think it largely has to do because I didn't needlessly offend people that didn't need to be needlessly offended. And, and I, think, I think that could go a long way back in D.C. Coggill explained to the audience what got him into the race. When Don died, the question kept coming to me by way of telephone, by friends and some significant people, would you be willing to do that? And two reasons I considered it. First of all, what I know about Alaska, the people I know, the process I know, the, uh, the land issues that we have to deal with, I know very well and I love dearly. The other thing is I prayed about it. And I thought to myself, if I don't help Alaska and America at a time of great need, and I think we are of great need, as you heard, I'm willing to get on that end of the road, pull like crazy, and we get to represent Alaska to the world, to our sister states, and then we get to love this place together. Ballots were mailed beginning April 27th. In the special election, you will vote for just one candidate, and you must return your ballot by June 11th. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.